This episode of Pocketful of Positivity is sponsored by The Corner Blend, located at the corner of Maine and Blossom Streets in Columbia. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pocketful of Positivity. I'm your host, Prayer, and with me today, I have a good friend of mine, Bailey Wesselman. Bailey, say hi. Hi. (laughs) And Bailey is going to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Bailey. So I'm a junior here at South Carolina, um, majoring in management and marketing, and then minoring in Mandarin Chinese and French. Yeah. So what made you want to come to South Carolina from out of state? So I wanted to go somewhere far away. Originally, I was just kind of looking for a new experience, Um, wanted to do my own thing, and thought, why not go to school in the South? I'd actually applied to 10 different schools, and I was either going to go to USC or a business school in London and because I like had my heart set on I'd lived in Europe for for four years had my heart set on going back there and then my parents brought me to visit USC six times Um, I started to get the hint that they really wanted me to go here and I was like you know what I'll try it if I don't like it I'll transfer and ended up loving it so yeah can we really quickly talk about do you know what a Buckeye is I feel like everyone from Ohio knows what that is yeah (laughs) Tell us what that Are is. you talking about like the food? The, the food, the food. Okay, yeah. so it's a really, really yummy. In the inside is peanut butter, and then it's almost fully dipped, but not all the way dipped in chocolate. So there's like a little bit of peanut butter peeking through on the top, and it looks like a buckeye, which is our like state. Uh, is it a nut? I don't really know what it is. Like I think a, it's a nut. It, it, it falls from a tree, so it's probably a nut. It's a nut. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the squirrels eat it. I don't know if they can, but yeah. But I mean, they're really, really good. And people make them around Christmas time. Um, That used to be like when we would bring in treats for birthdays in elementary school, everyone would bring in Buckeyes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, people are always super impressed because I'm not from Ohio. I have no family at all there or like any reason to go there. Um, But I know what that is because I have friends who are from there. So it's like really funny. Yeah. Are you impressed like a little bit? Um, Yeah. So you're also a yogi. Is that what you call it? Yes. Talk about that. I'm a yogi. Um, I'm not not a super (laughs) traditional yogi. Like what is a yogi? (laughs) A yogi. I mean, a yogi can be whatever you want it to be. And it's kind of like the definition. There's no exact definition of yoga. um, But I do practice yoga. So I guess you could call me a yogi. And I also teach yoga. (laughs) Um, And I've been teaching for about three years now. Um, I have two different certifications, but I originally fell in love with it. Well, I didn't fall in love with it at first. I just needed something else to do with myself. (laughs) And so tried yoga. Then little by little fell in love with it um, because unfortunately I had multiple stress fractures, couldn't compete in high school sports anymore, um, was hating physical therapy to try to you know, fix those stress fractures and rebuild muscle after I'd worn a boot for 11 months. Um, And so kind of stumbled upon yoga was like, all right, well, at least I'm doing something. This is better than physical therapy. And then I was doing just regular vinyasa classes, you know, enjoying it. And then I came across this type of yoga called booty yoga. It's spelled B-U-T-I, not like booty like your butt, but, (laughs) Um, and it's this high intensity tribal dance hit fit workout version of yoga and I fell in love with it because I'd been a dancer and that was you know I wasn't dancing anymore so that was part of 
I don't know, part of me felt like I still was in touch with my dancer side, um, and I wasn't running anymore, but there was a ton of cardio in this version of yoga, a ton of strength training, so I felt like, you know, I was gaining that back, um, loved it, I was a senior in high school when I came across it, and then my two yoga instructors who I'd been taking from, who were also, one of them was a master trainer, um, for booty yoga, so she would actually be she would certify people and she told me you need to become an instructor and I was like haha that's funny I'm 17 years old I don't have the confidence for that like good joke she's like no like I'm serious you would be really really good at it and so I thought about it for a little bit longer and then for my 18th birthday I asked my parents um because yoga certifications are very costly um asked my parents if that could be my birthday present they said sure I went I was living in Toledo Ohio at the time I went to Cleveland Ohio by myself did this weekend long certification came back and started teaching that and then from there my love for regular traditional vinyasa yoga grew um and then two summers ago I completed my 200 hour certification which is um the most common type of yoga certification so yeah that's where I'm at now I'm teaching here um really loving it I teach at Studio Fire and I've taught a couple other places between here and Charlotte um and also in Toledo Ohio so yeah so, cool. <laughs> so what would you say is the most rewarding part of being a yoga instructor? For me, it's definitely getting to share, like, there's a certain type of release, I feel like, that comes with yoga, and getting to share that with people is really special and unique, and every yoga instructor kind of has their own, um, during your 200-hour yoga certification, and even the initial first certification that I did that was a little bit smaller and not as intensive, Every yoga instructor kind of goes through their own journey and, like, self-discovery, which sounds so cheesy. I don't <laughs> like using that, but it sounds like it's truly you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about what the practice has done for you. And I wanted to be able to, even if I can't be sharing my full entire message and journey with everyone, I wanted to share what it was like to be able to, you know, take a yoga class, sweat, <laughs> work your butt off, but then also to feel that release. And I realized, like, I was releasing a lot of stress and a lot of years of, like, just built-up stress and, you know, built-up nerves that um, yoga enabled me to just release all of that. And I think in college we definitely have a lot of stress, you know, a lot of stressors in our lives. And so especially for me to be able to bring yoga to people our age, um, it's been really, really rewarding. Yeah, that's really cool because I feel like when I, I don't know that much about yoga, like I do from you now because we're friends, but <laughs> I originally thought um, when anyone said yoga that it was just sitting on like a little mat, like maybe made out of bamboo if you're fancy and just <laughs> meditating for a whole bunch of time and like doing some stretches. But it's like cool because you're a dancer and so there's different um, types of dance like contemporary and jazz mm -hmm. and like hip hop and all those exactly. things. And so there are different kinds of yoga and you can do certain ones to accomplish different things. Is that what you said? Exactly. So like there's some that are more intensive. Um, right. Um, and like more exercisey. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have a favorite kind? So my favorite kind is definitely the it's booty yoga. Um, where I'm teaching currently, we're calling it lit yoga. Um, we figured that's kind of like it's a better. 
it fits the description better and definitely mm-hmm. is more people understand like oh this is going to be lit like it's going to be <laughs> you know on fire and there's so it's a high intensity tribal dance and I love that because I like a good workout I like to sweat I like to get my heart rate up um but some days I'm not feeling that like some days I just need a restorative class mm-hmm. where I lay there and I like sit in deep stretches and just breathe because sometimes all you need to do is just stop and breathe mm-hmm. and, you know, feel the stretch because um, that helps release. We joke, like, my favorite thing to stretch are my hips. Um, and we say in yoga all the time that your hips are the junk drawer of your body. Like, you stuff all all those <laughs> negative things that you just kind of push down and stuff away naturally. Really weird. There, we did a whole sciencey thing in two of my certifications. And I'm not a sciencey person, but somehow all of that like junk that you suppress ends up in your hips and so that's why hip um we do a lot of hip flex mobility and flexibility work in yoga um Mm. especially in restorative classes so that's it depends on how I'm feeling but I like I I love hot yoga hot classes heated classes um the one class that I teach, we heat it to about 98 up to 100 degrees. The other class I teach, um, where it's more cardio and tribal dance and you're really bringing your heart rate up, that's about 85, 86 degrees. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I like to sweat. <laughs> were there certain, like, yoga moves, is that what you call them, or poses and things? Like, were there certain ones that were super hard for you to kind of get to? Um, Not... Yes, but no. What I love about yoga is that it's an ever-evolving, like, practice, and there's no end point where you've accomplished a pose. Like, there's always something that you can go deeper into or another Mm -hmm. expression that you can take, which I like... I, I'm a person who loves to check things off my to-do list, like, check the boxes, get stuff done. But what's really funny is with yoga, I cannot do that because there's always something deeper always something bigger always something greater always something even smaller different unique um for every single pose so it's I mean there have been poses that I do like and I don't like it's really funny during my um 200 hour certification we started to like pull apart the pieces and I do not like poses where I feel like my neck is restricted I also hate when people put their hands on my neck because we traced it back to when I was in second grade I was actually choked by a kid in my class who had really bad anger management issues oh, no. and so that was like a horrifying child experience like childhood experience um but we figured out that's why I don't like certain poses in yoga and so part of I guess you couldn't say, like, strength and flexibility-wise, like, the hardest poses for me, it wouldn't have... It's not like... I'm trying to think of how to explain this. In terms of certain poses being hard for me to accomplish, it's those that have, like, that mental sort of deep-rooted history that are harder for me to get into. Um, just because it takes a moment for me to, like, breathe and say, you're okay. Like, this is this is part of what yoga does, is you work through traumas, mm-hmm. and, you know, you release things. Um, and so that's... Yeah, nothing, there's <laughs> nothing too hard to it, but. <laughs> yeah, so when you're not teaching, do you have a yoga routine every day? Do you wake up in the morning and do the same thing, or how does um, that work? So, no, because I enjoy several different types of ways to sweat and work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some days I do feel like I need yoga, and so I'll do my own thing on my own, but I don't, I take it when I need it, mm-hmm. and People, there's been arguments on and debates on what yoga truly is, but for some people, their form of yoga, in quotation marks, is running, for example, or cycling. And so some days, and it's just for them, it's that mental release and that, you know, 
the chance to go work out, the chance to go sweat, mm-hmm. um, to breathe, to de-stress. That's truly what yoga is supposed to be about. And so for someone else that could be running or cycling or I don't even know anything else. And so some days I'm like, I just want to go run. Um, and some days I do Peloton. I like cycling. So no, I don't have a routine, which is kind of funny because most people do, but... So you just switch it up all the time? I switch it up all the time. I do it when I need it. I take what I need, you know? <laughs> do you think that certain yogas make you more calm after the fact? Or are there, like, different qualities that you feel like are encompassing yourself after certain, like, types of yoga? I definitely think that there are. Um, it depends. I'd say that a restorative, restorative class, because it is, um, you know, like, 45 minutes of calming postures and more breathing and deep breathing and meditating that Mm -hmm. you will have a like more heightened level of zen I guess that sounds so cheesy (laughs) but I also think that in some other really like hard-hitting yoga classes where you're bringing your heart rate heart rate up you're sweating you're working hard um I think that when you go into final shavasana and you're laying there just relaxing I think that you can also reach the same sort of level of you know calmness zen and it just it depends on the person and how much and if you're able to truly focus in and breathe and they always say in yoga at the beginning of majority of most classes they say set an intention Mm -hmm. and my intention it hasn't changed for the past three, four years I've been doing yoga, every time I'm told set an intention, I just say just flow because I just want to get on my mat and just move and flow through things and breathe. Um, and so that's that's my intention that I set every time. Do you have one yoga mat or do you have a whole bunch? Do you have so a collection? I have, I have a collection. <laughs> do you have a favorite? <laughs> yeah, I love my Lululemon mat. <laughs> I have two of them. Is that like your go-to place for like yoga shopping? For like yoga yes, wear? Okay. it is. Although I've gotten super into the free people movement um, apparel. And they also donate, when anytime you buy from free people movement, they donate a percentage. Um, it's like a rotating different charity. Mm. I forget what it is at the moment. But they were doing something really cool on Black Friday, or the day before Black Friday, where it was 20% of their proceeds um, go somewhere. But I like to support yoga companies and athletic apparel brands that I feel um, have a really, that I like their core business values. So I love what Lululemon does for the community. Um, And they host a lot of community sweat classes. The way that they treat their employees is incredible. Mm -hmm. And so it's more about a community and providing not just fitness. Like, they're not saying everyone needs to go and work out, but they're saying that everyone needs to go find and do something that makes them happy Mm -hmm. and that gets them moving. Um, So I I love Lululemon for that. I also just think that their stuff is awesome. And I love my (laughs) Lululemon yoga mats. I have two. Um, But, and then I also love free people for what they do to support the community and support. Um, They're also really big on empowering girls, empowering women. So that I I value strongly. When you just talked about empowering girls and women, um, why do you think so many females are more directly, like, aligned with what yoga is? And, like, you see more girls at classes like this. Why do you think that is? I think it's because it's, I'm trying to think of how to frame this. I think men feel the need to go do workout classes and, or not work, not do workout classes and exercises, but do things that build strength. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times yoga is perceive, perceived as not being a strength building routine when in fact it actually is. Um, and so I think for women, 
they think that it might be a gentler, like, more gentle way to work out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the overall um, release process and the relaxation and the different aspects of yoga are more attractive just to our female woman personality um, than it is to men. But I've talked to several guys. I've had a couple different guys come into my yoga classes. Um, One girl brought her boyfriend the other week, and it was, he killed it. He did awesome. (laughs) And I asked him after, I was like, so what did you think? And he came to my high-intensity tribal dance class. Like, he was out there, like, dancing, shaking his booty. Like, he did awesome. Um, But I asked him, I was like, what do you think of, this and like yoga and my class and what's your regular fitness routine been because he was truly fit and um he said you know everyone all of my guy friends they poo-poo yoga um because they don't think that it will bring them the strength that they need it but he said that he's seen a difference in his strength training and that it's been helping him with lifting it's been helping him with all the other like his normal regular exercise routine and that he really saw a difference and that his goal now is to try to change the mindset and the perspective around it Mm. so that guys feel like they're more invited not that they've never been I think it's intimidating for a guy to walk into a yoga class and it be full of women right Mm -hmm. and so he was telling me that like his new goal now is to try to convince all of his guy friends that they need to come try yoga because it will change your strength routine and your workout routine um for the better so I think I think it's just always been like that for a while. Um, but what I find interesting is that a lot of men, um, a lot of key people in the yoga community, um, like Baron Baptiste, and I'm trying to think of other yoga founders that date back to way before Baron Baptiste's time, but there were a lot of strong men in the yoga community, and their ideas and um, their fundamental ideas have really changed have evolved yoga and so I think it'd be cool for people to start to realize that it's not just a thing for girls that these men created it um and that it was something you know that they were pushing and doing so Mm -hmm. yeah do you think it's kind of become like yoga in general a fad in today's day and age I do um I also think that just happens to come with the rise of the like fitness phenomenon we've Mm. seen an increase in athletic apparel um companies I mean before there was Lululemon it never the way that Lululemon has grown over the past 10 years is incredible they've seen like incredible growth and all these other fitness apparel companies popping up all these other fitness chains and brands like Orange Theory, Bar 3, Burn Boot Camp, um Pure Bar with the rise, there's so much occurring, and I think it's really awesome. I think it's a very sustainable fad, mm-hmm. I want to say, very sustainable trend, um, because people do, I think people are seeing the benefit that comes from it, but it is definitely something that, you know, is trendy right now, but I think it will be very sustain, like sustainable, and with it is coming a whole new immersion of, or not immersion, yeah, immersion of all these different types of workouts. So I have a friend in Charlotte who just started her own. Her name's uh, her Instagram is Ballerina Fit, but she just started her own um, type of movement class. Um, I don't know what we call it, like practice, I guess. That's a fitness class, but based on ballet, mm-hmm. and so. With this new fitness trend era fad, 
there are so many different things um, coming and evolving of it. And like the studio owner of Studio Fire, she created Bend and Bar. So it's this fusion of yoga and bar together. Um, so we're seeing lots of new and different fusion classes. We once, I think it was a couple weeks ago, we had a hip hop like class that came, but it was like a hip hop workout class, um, which I think is really cool. And I think mm -hmm. there's so much more that can come of it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, working out and all of those things inspire you to eat a certain way too, like after the fact? It definitely, it definitely has. Mm -hmm. um, it's taught me a lot about balance and like balancing my diet. I definitely do consume, um, like I consume the essential carbs I need. I consume, you know, the essential proteins and fats mm -hmm. um, because I realize that my body needs that. And part of being able to work out and do yoga and run and do Peloton and the things I do, I need to be eating a balanced diet. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I love to, it's all, it's truly about balance. Like if I want fries, if I want cookout, if I want that milkshake, I go get it. You what know? kind of milkshake, what flavor? Oh, I get an Oreo one. Sometimes I, sometimes I fancy I do Oreo mint, but I have to have Is the extra Oreo. Is that a flavor Oreo. or do you mm -hmm. mix it? Oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's a flavor. Can you yeah. mix flavor? Is that cookout? Can you do that? Yes, you can. Oh, peanut butter. Is that, do people know that? I don't know, but peanut butter, you know banana, that? Oreo See, is really good. Did you know that? <laughs> Reed, Reed knows everything, and whenever I always look in for support, you know, it's the opposite. <laughs> what I, yeah. I think, um, put, I feel like I always get the same milkshake at cookout, and I can never drink it. But I have, so most people can't drink cookout milkshakes with a straw. Oh, I no, I like master the spoon. It. See, I like the spoon, too. It's like an extra Oreo. Like, I need to feel the crunch of the Oreo. Have you ever had a fried Oreo? I don't... I don't like them. I don't like them I don't, like them, don't either. like them. I think they're so bad. Oreos are good um, as they are. They don't need is, to be fried. Um, Kayo had, like, this cook-off thing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that yeah, is? Yeah, no, I went to that. Okay, well, years. I was at that, too. Um, and this one group, I think it was, like, the senior girls in Kayo yeah. had, like, the little, like, um, fried Oreos. Did oh you see goodness. them? No, Did I didn't okay, see that. Okay, well, weren't that great. Oh. Um, and I felt so bad. I was like, okay, like, I'm never going to spend money on this at the fair, so yeah. I might as well try it now because right. everyone hypes them up. And I couldn't eat, like, I couldn't even, like, finish, like, the vibes fit it out. Um, I'm sure it was great because everyone no. else liked it. It was just not, not my, my thing. thing. No. Um, yeah, and I made everyone else, like, in my group of friends, like, try it too. I was like, I don't know, like, is this right? And they're like, no, this is phenomenal. It's so good. Like, this See? is exactly what it is. I was like, yeah, yeah I don't get that. No. It just, I don't know. I'm a huge Oreo person. Like, that's my go-to snack, dessert, cookie, everything. I love Oreo. But Have fried you? Oreos? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do it for me. Not gonna lie. I don't think they ever will. Have you seen the Parent Trap? What they do with yes, the Oreos? Yes, they do them in the. Do you do butter? that? Yes. Is that I do. super sweet? I've never no, tried that. Okay. It's actually really good, and that's why that's why I like the um, peanut butter Oreo milkshake at Sonic or not? Whoa. Well, Sonic, I think they do it. No, but at Cookout. Um, they have peanut butter Oreo one. I, yeah. If I don't get okay. the mint Oreo, I get the peanut butter Oreo. Okay, so you know all these oh, and they do, things. You okay. can do peanut butter banana Oreo, and that's really good too. <laughs> I, growing up, we didn't have that many, like, like cool snack foods around mm -hmm. the house. Um, juice is banned. Um, yeah. I think I've had a total of two Lunchables in my life. Probably um, same. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, so I didn't know what a goldfish tasted like till sixth grade. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, I didn't know what Coca-Cola tasted like until I was 13. Were your parents, did they do that? Yeah. Mine didn't yeah, do that. But did. we had some family friends where the kids just, like, 
they literally treated um, soda like it was alcohol and banned it for like <laughs> literally like the first decade and a half of the kids' lives. Yep, that, those and, are um, my favorites. <laughs> yeah, those are your. <laughs> Why did they do that? Um, is there? A it reason? was just oh, it was for like cavities and protecting our teeth. But we okay. also I never knew what little Debbie like the Hostess snacks. We never had those. That was never. A I thing. would get those. That would be like our treat every once in a while, or like yep. the small little donut like donut holes you can get at like Publix. Yep. Yeah, every once in a while. Um, Kool Aid. Like oh, no. once every like five months. Six I've months. never even. I don't think I've ever even tried it now because I never really? had it growing up. That I never was like, oh, let me try Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, junk food was just like not a thing really. Um, we had carrots yep. and <laughs> we had pretzels. <laughs> we had pretzels. Yes. I I love pretzels. I felt yeah. so bad because in kindergarten we learned about Venn diagrams. You know what those are? Yeah. Like those two circles. <laughs> and so my teacher was like, okay, so like everyone who likes Cheetos, like raise your hand and like we're gonna put you like in the tally on like this side of the Venn diagram and everyone who likes pretzels we're gonna put you on the other side and if you like both you can raise your hand for both I was the only kid who said pretzels, pretzels. and one of the guys that I was friends with he's like why are you so lame like you like pretzels more like than Cheetos and then the teacher put him in timeout because that was so oh, mean <laughs> You were like, I've probably never tried a Cheeto. <laughs> I kind of like Cheetos more a little bit now, like a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like, not the puffy ones, but like the normal the, 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 ones. The regular Those normal. are good snack foods. I like Pirate's Booty. That's my favorite. That's really good. That's yeah. really good. The the little white cheddar thing. The things. little white, yep, exactly. Um, pizza, Flavor Boss, Goldfish are so good. Have you ever had those I've never before? had those. Those are really good. Um, do you guys, during your yoga, like, instructor like sessions or whatever mm-hmm. do you have snack breaks or no is it just straight yoga um, for an hour well yeah so during my 200 hour yoga teacher training that was actually it was over a summer it was about two months and I was in thinking living breathing yoga every day for two months straight um from 7 a.m until 5 p.m every day of the week except for Sundays mm. so we would do a couple yoga classes then learn about the history learn about the science um, and then have several breaks in between, and because we were sweating so much and burning mm. off so many calories, I, yeah, my snack collection for those two months was, <laughs> well, it dwindled pretty fast, but um, <laughs> it was huge, and I had to have a variety of snacks, so I've got, now, it helped me establish, like, my collection of go-to snacks. I love hard-boiled eggs. Um, okay, thing. so you brought those with you? <laughs> yeah, brought those with you, because I needed, like, a quick, like, fix for protein, um, so I think I've tried almost every different granola protein bar there is. Nature Valley. That's the only <laughs> Nature yeah, Valley. Nature Valley. Like, what else? Kind bars. Kind bars, okay. RX bars, um yeah. macro bars, oh you name it. I could name every <laughs> Or Luna bars, is that Luna like bars, the same yes. category? Yeah, like yep. all those things. Yep, so all those things. Um, Who would have thought hard boiled like do you bring those like do you break the shell there? So okay. It, I am a hard, I'm an egg person. I love eggs. I love, I love eggs. poached eggs, fried eggs, scrambled eggs. But hard-boiled eggs are one of my favorite things. And so I normally make them myself, and then I'll make, like, a dozen at a time, then peel all of them so that way okay. they're ready to go. But what was really convenient is that Costco sells them in these prepackaged two-packs. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect for me on the go. Um, I would just grab oh, a pack or cool. two in the morning, and then that way I'd have two hard-boiled eggs that were already peeled and in this little plastic thing and it was perfect (laughs) growing up my mom did the same thing and she would like tell us like growing up like that was just such a good source of protein Mm -hmm. so when they didn't want to wake up in the morning and cook they were just like oh just eat an egg before we like drop you um and that was like always my least favorite like task like chore to do would be like to peel all the eggs um because she would literally make 24 at a time and boil them all and then like they'd be ready to go she'd be like peel them no be like 
I feel bad. I'll show up to, like, some of my lectures and classes with two hard-boiled eggs in a plastic bag, and I'll open it, and it makes the whole lecture hall smell. But I'm like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) I just gotta eat. gotta do. (laughs) I mean, I think it's better than your stomach rumbling. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, no, that's that's happened happened to me before. Oh, that's happened to me. That has happened to me during a final exam. Um, And it was in, it was in, like, either, like, late middle school or high school, and I felt it was so bad because my crush sat right beside me. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really embarrassing. But we, became, we became good friends after okay, that. Okay, good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Good fine, conversation starter. Good conversation starter. Right, because it's relatable. People right. love relatable people. Exactly. I think. Right? No, they yes. do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes. Um, he's like, wow, that's so relatable. Oh, <laughs> um, Yeah, Meant so <laughs> that happened. So other than doing all your yoga stuff, mm-hmm. what else are you involved with here at school? So I'm in Tri-Delta. Um, I just, for the past, well, for my first year, I was an assistant to our sponsorship chairman who planned our bid days, mm-hmm. or our bid one singular bid day. And then um, I also last year held an executive position and was on the recruitment team. So that was really, really awesome. Um, And then I'm also a member of the Women in Business Council. I'm, well, just this past semester, I was the director of recruitment and retention. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just am tonight handing over my position to another girl um, because I'm studying abroad next semester. So So where are we going? I'm going to Taiwan. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about that. Talk about what made you want to go there. I'm going to Taipei, Taiwan. Originally, I had my heart set on Hong Kong. I was like, I'm going to Hong Kong. I can't wait. Um, And then with the riots and the protests going on there, and then with through a couple different conversations I had with people who had been there um, like in previous years. I started to realize that maybe I didn't need to go to Hong Kong <laughs> and that yeah. maybe maybe I kind of needed to like shift my mindset a little bit. Um, and I was, even though it was a level two travel warning at the time, I don't know what it's at now, it might be up to a level three, mm-hmm. um, I was still set on going. My parents were like, you know what, if you want to go to Hong Kong, you do it. And then I was in the study abroad office discussing something with... I forget what we were even talking about, but one of the study abroad advisors came out of her office and goes, how would you feel about going to Taiwan? I was like, well, that never even crossed my mind, but tell me more. (laughs) And so she started talking about it and was just like, I could tell she was so passionate about it. Like, I could see her eyes light up, and she just went on and on and on, and I was like, you know what? You have me sold. Like, I'll go. I'm good with it. It's fine. I'll go. Um, It's fine. I'll go. It's not a big deal. And I realized it was going to be better for, um, since I'm a Mandarin Chinese minor, um, and earlier that day, I'd been sitting in Chinese, like, oh my goodness, I am struggling. <laughs> like, this is so hard. Um, because I'm in my third year of it, and I just have not progressed the way that I will admit that I will, I haven't progressed the way that the rest of the class and my peers have. Um, I'm <laughs> really struggling. <laughs> so, you're gonna have a great time. <laughs> yeah. And I started to think about it, and I was like, well, Hong Kong is Cantonese speaking, Taiwan would be Mandarin Chinese speaking. And so when this when the study abroad advisor started talking about Taiwan, I was like, you know what? This is where I need to go. This is a sign. I need to do it. Um, and so I changed that very day, and that's where I will be headed. I don't leave until the middle middle of February. Which right. We talked about that. Really bizarre. So we have like a good like month. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna hang around, you know, while everybody. Jay chill. <laughs> right. <is>, yeah. <laughs> all their class stuff. Yeah, I won't have classes. I'll just be here, you know, until February. Middle so <laughs> are you doing anything over Christmas break travel-wise, or are you just, like, staying at home yes. with your family? So my family and I, um, 
We, as I mentioned earlier, we lived in France for four years, and while we were there, we traveled around a lot, and that's just kind of my family's thing now. We moved back to the U.S. when I was going to be a junior in high school, Mm. um, and we realized that my junior and senior year, and even freshman year, when we weren't traveling as a family and when we didn't have that time together, that we just didn't feel as connected and as close. So for the past two years now, my family, we don't do Christmas presents, we just take a trip. And it's my mom, dad, my sister, and I. Um, so this year, just like we did last year, we're going to St. Martin. Um, and it's really nice for us because it's we go to the French side, mm. and so it's kind of like we get to relive our you know Glory little days. French life, <laughs> um, except that it's tropical and warm. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. And then I'll be going um, up to Ohio and hanging out with you know my friends from high school and stuff. So that'll be so fun. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm very it's excited. Final, it's like final season. Exactly. SCN, like final season exactly. this year. And I can't wait to be back up in Ohio and go to like my home yoga studio where I originally started teaching mm. and practicing. That's the most exciting part for me is the yoga, which is funny. <laughs> This is, I feel like, a good conversation because we talked about yoga, and we talked about food, yes. and we talked about you more. So it's, like, pretty well-rounded, I would say. Would mm-hmm. you say the same oh, thing? Oh, yeah. No, All sure. right, so before we end off, do you want to say any, like, last words? Oh. I know. That's, that's like, that's kind of hard. putting you in the spot a little bit. Um, I would just say that for those who have never practiced yoga before and never tried it, just come try you never know. Like, I was that person that was like, I'm a runner, I'm a dancer, you yoga, no. But there's something special about it in the way that it can release, um, just allow you to, like, be you and breathe and do nothing for an hour except move through postures, which can be kind of, you know, it's it's a bit of work, but it's worth it. And that was part of the reason why I started teaching it was I realized there was just something so incredible about it that I almost can't even put into words. Mm-hmm. Um and I told you this recently, but my during my 200 hour, everyone, it was a small group of eight of us, and we all got to know each other really, really well. And everyone had shared about an experience that they felt like had really changed their life and that, they, that had been weighing on them for forever. And we would talk through it with them, and oftentimes it was a lot of breaking down, a lot of crying, like um, just emotional release, a lot of meditating, and we'd been meditating for about, this was maybe our third weekend. Everyone had shared their experiences and their stories. I just hadn't yet because I was like, I'm Bailey. Like, it's fine. I'm good. Um, (laughs) But during, while we were meditating, every time we meditated for the first three weeks, I would get nauseous. Like, I would have this really, really nauseous, like, sort of, it's not a pain, but, like, I would just feel gross, and I would have to, like, kind of come out of it, and that's probably why I don't typically enjoy meditating, and I never really had done it before, but I was being forced to, obviously, as it was part of my 200-hour training, Um, and then one day we went on a meditative walk, and I was like, oh, I like this, and all of a sudden I, like, had this realization that I really hadn't been being my most authentic and genuine self with everyone, and that I like to wear this mask of, like, oh, like, it's good, I'm great, like, I get things done, I'm put together, blah, 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 and I don't like to share that vulnerable side of myself, and um, so we're on this meditative walk, and I just had this, like, epiphany, breakdown, combination of things, (laughs) and so we got back to, it was a 45-minute long walk, we finally get back up to the yoga studio, and we're sitting there talking, and I was like, I think I have something to share, like, you all have been so 
you know, vulnerable and genuine and honest with me. And I just am over here, like, hiding all of this, pretending like that, you know, nothing's wrong with me. So I shared with this whole group, it was eight of us, we were really close, um, this, like, experience that I, had occurred to me three years before. And they talked through it with me, like, we just released. Like, it was just this automatic release that I'd finally shared. And then uh, shortly after that, we went to meditate, and it was the most incredible thing for every day after that, that we meditated, I've never felt nauseous again. And it was just me kind of realizing like that I can take off the mask that I can, you know, show my true self. And what it really, really taught me is that when you are your most truest, genuine self, you invite others to act or no, to be the same, not act the same, but to truly show them, um, in who they like show their real self and, just be, you know, genuine. And so that's kind of like the biggest takeaway. No, not like the biggest takeaway. It is the biggest takeaway that I've had from doing yoga. Um, and that's why, that's why I teach is because I want to, not that I can necessarily share that story through every class I teach, but to just share it so that hopefully someone is able to feel the same sort of release and connection that I did. <laughs> okay well thank you guys so much for listening that was bailey for you she's awesome so she go follow her on the instagram what's the instagram bailey at bailey west b-a-i-l-e-y-w-e-s-s <laughs> it's super aesthetically pleasing so please check it out and this concludes our semester long season so we will be active on social media so you can keep following us on there for updates throughout december but we'll be back in january with more people and it'll be so fun so with that um thank you guys for your time and we will see you soon this episode was sponsored by the corner blend a locally owned and operated shop at the corner of main and blossom streets that offers acai bowls smoothie bowls locally roasted indo coffee bubble tea smoothies and more this podcast is part of the garnet media group podcast network garnet media group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the university of south carolina find out more about garnet media groups podcasts and other student work on garnetmedia.org